It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. I was incensed with this movie. Each orphan is more annoying than the last. I'm going to be fully honest. Greetings, listeners, from the proud owners of 25 pounds worth of excellent fudge. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a really huge baby made out of fudge. 25 pounds, zero ounces. A full head of hair. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be disgusting. (laughs) No, what we're referring to here is that Shannon and I are trying to uh, boost local businesses mm-hmm. um, instead of doing uh, deliveries from supermarkets and, you know, just regular normie stuff like pharmacies. Come on. We are single-handedly keeping the fudge kitchen in business. Yes. You may recognise the fudge kitchen from... If I gave you a secret Santa at any point over the last five years. (laughs) (laughs) The Fudge Kitchen is a a bougie fudge shop with many stores throughout the UK. This is not a paid advertisement. I just really like it. I really think they should sponsor us after this, frankly. Oh, yeah. They exist in Oxford, in Cambridge, York, other places, probably Bathall somewhere, Durham maybe. Edinburgh, there is definitely one. Um, I am very loyal to the Cambridge one. I uh, used to be a tour guide and we would keep our tour guiding equipment in the fudge kitchen shop. So at the end of the day when I'd put my clo- tour guiding clothes back there, sometimes they'd give me free fudge and I had a working relationship with these fudge men and the fudge men always supplied. And the fudge kitchen here has been very good to us. My first encounter with the fudge kitchen was on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh where we stopped in for free samples. And the relationship has been thriving since then, I have to say. Yeah, because the thing about fudge, um, the thing about fudge makers is that they're considered to be essential essential workers and are not quitting in these times. No, because it's food. They truly are on the front line of this crisis. They are supplying fudge every day. Yeah. Different flavours. You've got sea salt. You've got chocolate sea salt. You've got walnut. You've got hot cross bun. White chocolate. Vanilla. Various vegan ones, which are not so good. Mm-hmm. The vegan ones are a little melty. They don't hold together very well. Yes. Um, it's a bit like eating a slug. It does look like a fudge slug. When you cut it into pieces. Which is not the worst thing that a slug could be made out of, but it's still not super pleasing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we... This is not our first rodeo. This is our second rodeo. This is the second time we bought a fudge box. We bought one the first time around. There was an advert that they would do free shipping um, if you ordered over £30. That's the currency, £30 sterling of fudge. Uh, so we bought a box of six big slabs of fudge and some drinking fudge, which is basically like fudgy syrupy stuff that you pour into milk, into hot milk, and it's a sort of weird hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it again, folks. We have our second very giant box of fudge hurtling 
uh, like a bullet train towards our flat to arrive tomorrow. And when I got the order confirmation on Gmail, the order just said, well done, you ordered some fudge. And I thought, yes, I'm saving the economy. Well done, me. Congratulations. You sent that to me that you got that email, and I was so happy for you. Because mm-hmm. I know that you've been working your socks off to, to be able to order £25 worth of, of fudge from the fudge kitchen. Like, yeah. Well done, you, Shannon. Thank you. Well done, me. What are you out there listeners doing? Heading off to Tesco's to buy a six-pack of, of flakes. No, thank you, sir. Do you know what a flake is? You're looking at me I like you no don't know what a flake, what a flake is. is. Have you ever gotten an ice cream? I'm lactose intolerant, so like not regularly, no. I really started <laughs> that description wrong. <laughs> okay, specifically, have you ever had a, a whipped ice cream in the United Kingdom from, not. for example, an ice cream van? No. Do you, Can you picture in your mind's eye what these look like? Mr. Whippies, 99p cones... No. Oysters. Oh, yeah, okay. I know what the oysters look like. You know what an oyster looks like, but you don't know what the other ones look like. Yes. How? That's like the rarest and best one, but it's still the rarest. I think I had it last time when I was backpacking. Really? I had ice cream somewhere because there was no food wherever I was. Because sometimes you get to an ice cream van and you ask for an oyster... And they're like, yes, that was our secret option on the menu. They don't always advertise that they have oysters. Oh. I don't know then how I obtained one. To be clear, are you talking about an oyster ice cream or an oyster, which is the animal oyster? (laughs) I'm talking about an ice cream. Are you talking about oyster cars? I didn't go up to an ice cream van and they handed me a shellfish and a laminated card for the tube. Okay. Well, that sort of ice cream that you get in uh, these particular cones or oyster-shaped waffle shells, mm-hmm. as the case may be, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you'll also get a chocolate flake sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. It's very dry and terrible, and I don't know how anyone can enjoy a flake. It's just like rippled, very crusty dairy milk chocolate in no great quantity. It's like eating air... With, like, some unfortunate bad chocolate sort of, like, <laughs> you know, rippled around in horrible wood-shaped bands. There's, like, evil logs. Have you ever seen a flake? No. <laughs> I hope you never see one. And they have an evil cousin called the twirl, which is a flake that has been dipped in chocolate. So on, if you saw a naked twirl outside of its wrapper, you might think, yum, yum, yum. There's going to be some solid, dense chocolate in this, or something other that's, that's you know, of worth, like caramel, or Turkish Delight, or whatever is in Milky Ways. But no, it's a flake covered in chocolate. It's the most disappointing thing you'll ever find. That's disappointing. But we're not buying flakes. We're getting fudge. Yeah. And we're now seven minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we're trying to avoid something, folks. <laughs> We've been trying to avoid talking about the movie that we watched for three, four days now? Four days. Four We've days. watched a full-ass season of Parks and Recreation avoiding recording this episode. Yes. What could have caused this ire? Well, you probably know from having read the title of this episode. This week we watched Annie. The version we watched was from 
1981. Ah, yes. Halcyon days. The good times. 14 years before I was born. Yeah. This is Annie the Musical, based off of Little Orphan Annie, the character, which must have been in a book. And it is uh, a musical that was written for stage before being adapted to uh, movies, and it's set in a Great Depression, and it is... I don't know anyone who actually enjoys Annie apart from our landlady. Yeah. Um, I've I've never seen Annie all the way through before now. Obviously, I knew sort of the, the highlight songs that everybody knows from Annie. But other than that, I, I've never seen it on stage. Mm. I was in Annie. I don't know why I auditioned for it, because I do find the musical deeply annoying. And I auditioned a weird sort of age because I was too young to be um, one of the orphans, but too... Oh, sorry, I was too old to be one of the orphans and too young to be any of the adult characters. So I had loads of like little background roles like singing homeless person or singing popcorn attendant or singing maid. And I didn't enjoy any of my time in this musical. I haven't enjoyed any of my time with it and I didn't have to learn any of the songs, but they will be with me forever. But you knew... Wait, hang on. So had you watched any Annie before? I'd seen bits of, I think, this version. Right. Um, and you knew the song Tomorrow. I knew Tomorrow. I knew It's a Hard Knock Life. Um, and You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile. I don't think there's any other song of consequence in this. Well, no, well, there they... is. There's, there's the, vil- the villain songs. Yeah. Which I did not know. Well, they've, they've skipped out... Um, the homeless person song, which I was in. I was looking forward to that. I kept on being like, any time now they're going to show the homeless people. And they never did. No. It wasn't even part of the plot. Um, the plot. The plot, the plot, the plot of Annie. Annie. Oh, Annie. Oh, God. A favourite musical. Annie. 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 She's so beautiful. Uh, so this is set during the Great Depression, but it did take me at least about two-thirds of the movie to figure that out. Oh, no, it hit me in the first, um, minute. I was greatly depressed. Well, yes. Um, but what I mean to say is that the, the scene opens on a, like, the type of, the version of New York City you only ever see on a film set. Mm. Um, everything is very, very clean and bustling. And then, like, there's, like, Dickensian street urchins <laughs> <laughs> who look a bit like, like, chimney sweeps. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and every, everything just seems very neat and tidy. Yes. For it being the Great Depression. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they, they, no homeless people. At all. Nope. There were many, many homeless people in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep talking about this because I'm really bitter that the, my, my actual role in this... I was called Ira. That was my uh, that was my homeless person's name, Ira. And you were cut from the show. I was cut from the musical, mm-hmm. the movie. Um, yeah, we've got well, maybe one of the most charming songs sung by a small child with a really like nasally voice ever, maybe, that repeats throughout. 
Maybe far away, or maybe real nearby. Uh, you got Annie. She she's she's singing off to the moon, um, wanting her birth parents to come pick her up from this horrible, shitty orphanage she's in. Which I remember being more shitty in on a first watch when I was a kid, but. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in this orphanage. But it's less of a death trap than I imagined that it was. I don't have any... I didn't have any memory of this song. Yeah, but it... It it does actually remind me a bit of the orphanage from Stuart Little, which we watched a few movies ago. Uh, Homework is to listen... Go stop what you're doing now, listen to the Stuart Little episode, Mm -hmm. um, and then come back to us, because newsflash... It's the same movie. <laughs> this is the same exact plot. Exact, down to the last detail. The same plot as Stuart Little. Yeah. The movie where two humans... Adopt a mouse. Adopt a mouse child man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the orphanage is... Okay, the orphanage is how I imagine an orphanage in the Great Depression. Yeah. It's like a bunch of girls wearing rags, all sleeping in the same room. They have to clean the place. The owner of the orphanage is abusive. And each orphan is more annoying than the last. I'm going to be fully honest. This song, It's a Hard Knock Life, where you sort of go through and see all of them, is a very annoying song. It goes on for five years. (laughs) And it gets into your head and will never leave. It's a hard knock life for For us. It's a hard knock life. For us, dead kisses, we get kicked out of... <laughs> the lyrics are wild. They just start a, a sentence and then end up being... It's like no one even stopped to write lyrics for this song. <laughs> um, they're, all of them except one are incredibly upbeat. All of the kids... Yeah, the, you've got the typical characters, except they're not really named. You've got Baby Spice, who's <laughs> this young, tiny child who her singing is flat. She's meant to be adorable, but I think she's given too many singing lines and speaking lines and too much screen time. Uh, I don't like her, and she's Baby Spice. There's Girl with Big Dick Energy... Like, the scary one. The mean one. But she's also the coolest one. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't talk much, and we don't really hear her sing. Mm -hmm. Apart from sometimes she'll be like, That's stupid! Yeah. She's got a lot more personality than the other miscellaneous background singers. You've got Girl Who Belts Everything. Mm -hmm. Every time she has a a line, she's like, Uh, which is really, like, overdoing her part, in my opinion. And we have the girl who says, oh my goodness, all the time. Constantly. You loved this kid. Jesus. Everything, any, every time anything happens, there's someone, and I, I don't even know what she looks like because I never saw her. She's just a disembodied voice. It's just a voice, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, twice, every time, constantly. Just have her say, fuck me. <laughs> like... She's very irritating. And to be clear, this is not an indictment of the child actors. Like, I feel like the the director had much to do with, like, a director could have been like, stop saying, oh my goodness. 
Do not sing this way. They're children. They don't know. They're just doing their best. Also, this was 1981, so they're all older than both of us. Yeah, which still. is why I don't feel bad, put, like, punching out. I'm not... The, the, these are adults in these days. Yeah, they're adults You now. could have done better. <laughs> better job all around for everyone. Apart from maybe Belting Girl, I hope you did well. Um, so this is our ragtag team of lovable orphans who we love and we want to root for them. We don't want them to be injured or die in this movie. <laughs> we love these orphans so much. Theoretically. The person who owns the orphanage is the main villain of the piece, Miss mm-hmm. Hannigan, mm-hmm. who is drunk and is negligent. And does not care for being an orphan master. How did she get this job? I was thinking that a lot throughout Mm. this movie. How did she come to be in charge of orphans? She doesn't seem to enjoy it. No. Do you reckon she just inherited the job? Maybe. Or... Because sometimes I found at school there'd be like certain staff who actively seem to detest children. And it's like... Why did you do this? Yeah. But then sometimes I wonder if they just trained for the job. And then only when they got the job, they realized they hated kids. But then they were like, I'll just stick with it now. I have the qualifications. I don't want to go back to school and a new trade. I'll just be a teacher and hate children. I mean, maybe, but do you go to school to become, like, a minder of an orphanage? I don't think so. Um, good point. She could retra... But then where where are the other job opportunities in the Great Depression? Yeah, the Great Depression. She could be out on the street. Um, thinking she's got the job and now she can't change career path because it's the Great Depression. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. That's my fan theory for Miss Hannigan. Mm-hmm. Um... She's a fun and fun enough character. Yeah. She's one of the only three adults who can really sing in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so the, to kick the plot in motion, Annie sneaks out of the orphanage and ends up adopting a dog because some boys are chasing the dog and mm. she just after that owns the dog, calls him Sandy, smuggles him back into the orphanage. Meanwhile, this glamorous lady appears, whose name I forget. I have no idea. This is important, really, because she is a, is a main character. Yep. Oh, no. What was she called? Linda? Maybe? We'll call her Linda. Linda. Linda is the secretary of Republican Senator Oliver Warbucks. You might know him as Daddy. Daddy Warbucks. Don't do that. <laughs> Just saying the character's name, Shannon. What's wrong? What's so wrong with that? Everything is. Just want to get make sure I'm making sure I'm getting the pronunciation correct. Huh? Daddy, is that correct? Please stop. So basically, what's going on here? This guy is not very popular, and he needs good press to do various evil senator things, and he. Um, him and Linda have decided to bring in an orphan, but only for a week. Yeah, they're renting an orphan. Yep, for the press. Yep. So they, yeah, Linda goes to, to pick out the orphan 
which I guess you can just do. Just, um, like, get one on the spot. Yep. Uh, and meets Annie sort of by accident. Because Annie is in trouble because mm-hmm. of bringing in a dog, because I think. Because of the dog. And convinces Mrs. Hannigan that Annie is the exact type of orphan that she would like to lease. I don't really know what the situation is here. Yeah. Um, regardless, it's not a good one. No. It's not a library, it's an orphanage. And it's crazy as well. This guy is like the richest guy you can think of. He's like Scrooge McDuck. He has a huge opulent mansion, loads of staff. Loads of staff. Yep. A more musical chorus of staff. Yep. And they can all tap dance. Yep. And um, a helicopter, many cars, huge grounds. So isn't it really cruel to have an orphan from, like, the slums of New York have a taste, a week-long taste of the, the most extreme luxury you can think of? only to go back to a horrible, terrible life in the worst orphanage in New York. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. And it's pretty messed up that they just think they can... Like, Miss Hannigan is not a, a good and diligent overseer of these orphans but linda does not know this when she goes there and still goes with complete confidence that she'll be able to just borrow a child (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and she does she gets the child immediately and he goes to the mansion and has a bath for the first time in her life she's like gee mister leaping lizards what's this bar of slippery material And it's all very cutesy, and there's lots of tap dancing. Yeah. She charms all the staff immediately, and... Yeah. Yes, that's a song, we think you're gonna like it here, where they're like, we've never had a little girl, we've never had a little girl, we've never had a little girl. Sounds like they're gonna eat her. (laughs) I think... I would like to mention that almost every song in this musical is of no consequence. (laughs) And this is the first offender, and the other offenders are the rest of the songs in the musical. (laughs) None of it advances plot or character. There's a full-ass song about going to the movies. Let's go to the movies. We can watch TV. (laughs) It's like TV, but bigger, Annie. Wait and see. And they, they just don't make any sort of impression. They're all, like, exactly the same amount of tap dancing and spinning. Yep. And you learn nothing about anyone and nothing of any consequence. And there's 300 of them. Yeah. And I like a song-heavy musical. Yeah, you loved cats. Oh, so much. Um, <laughs> like, Grease had a lot of songs. Yeah. And I don't think every song needs to be a showstopper, but I'd like it to do something. Yep. And not be, like, one emotion again and again and again. Like, I think you're going to like it here. 
<laughs> is like, this is a nice house, and that's yeah. the entirety of the song. It's like a ten minute montage, basically, of every different type of serving staff that you can think of coming and offering their services. Like, ah, oh, I can make you a red dress. No, a green one, I think. Oh, I'm gonna pull you a bath. No, you can have a shower. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a manicure. Wait, no, a pedicure, I think. It's like, how many... How many do we have to... How long must we suffer? At one point, a waiter asked Annie which kind of spatula to use. Like, (laughs) why do we need that? Why do we need any of it? Yeah, and they're, like, measuring her for new clothes, and... I just... I feel like the song is the same narrative purpose, but is worse than, like, Be Our Guest. Yeah. And in Be Our Guest, you kind of get a sense of all of the characters in the house, you get more of a sense of Belle, and they give you the backstory of how they all got cursed. Yeah, exactly. And, like, all of the, the staff in Be Our Guest are, like, jazzed because they've been deprived of, of human contact for ages, and also because they're excited that they might get to turn into humans again. Yeah. There's no... We don't give a shit about any of the serving staff in Daddy Warbucks' house. None. They, they're they all nameless and don't have a plot. Shannon, you're forgetting the main guy, the main... The head of the... the oh my butler. god, I was forgetting. Oh I no. I don't even know... Is He's a very racist stereotype that I don't think we should even mention his, mention his name. We could just call him Mark. Yeah. The name is incredibly racist, guys. Yeah. Mark is the only, like, servant that gets lines, and each line is more racist than the last. It's also, like, a little bit unclear who he's meant to be a stereotype of. Yeah. Because there's so many racist stereotypes thrown in to one. Yes. It's like, depending on the scene, they'll drift from one like, non-white culture to the next, and it's like, oh no. Oh yeah, every time he's on screen, you just get, like, tense. He can also do magic. Yeah, he actually magic. has magic powers. There's not Magic is not a feature of this movie otherwise. But he, like, levitates a plant pot at one point, and, like, a, a, like a model airplane. Yep. It, yeah. So, Annie isn't settled into this evil mansion. And meets Daddy Warbucks. Turns out he's way too busy for her and is a grumpy guy um, who's got business meetings all the time and is evil. Um, and he's hated by many people. In fact, in one of the like strangest scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie's being entertained by Mark, who's levitating a, a um, model plane. Um, and Linda and Daddy Warbucks are talking to someone on the phone about some political deal about weapons. It seems like he's some sort of, like, weapons dealer. Yeah. Um, and then the guy on the balcony charges at them with a lit bomb in his hand. A bomb like you might see in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. (laughs) With a a fuse. Like a crackling fuse. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mark and another member of staff um, get him, they, they fight him off, and the bomb... They throw off. the bomb into the garden, yeah. and it goes off harmlessly. And then Linda says, 
oh, that man was a Bolshevik. He wants Daddy Warbucks dead. And then what? They, and then they sing the Let's Go to the Movies song. Like, we never mention oh, this yeah. guy again. Yeah, this is a point where Daddy Warbucks is like, oh, this is too much stress for one night. And Annie's like, I want to see a movie or something. And he's like, you know what? Let's forget this important weapons dealing I was doing. Let's forget the fact that a Bolshevik just tried to <laughs> kill me. Let's get to the movies. <laughs> and then they, they just transition into this eight-hour-long dance number about yeah. the movies and never mention the attempted murder. <laughs> and part of this, like, eight-hour-long song about the movies featured... Like, a, a long clip from an actual old movie. Yeah. Like a romantic scene, but way too much of it. That went on long enough that we were genuinely like, what movie were we watching before this started? Like, I fully astral projected. Yeah. And I know that in quarantine, you're only meant to astral project once a day out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> and only for 20 minutes, and only either to do exercise or go to the shops. Mm-hmm. So, and So this was an illegal astral projection that I did because I went everywhere. <laughs> I went I did a circumnavigation before I got back yeah. to the flat and realized I was still watching a movie in the Let's Go to the Movies song. Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Mrs. Hannigan is uh drunk. She sings uh song Little Girls mm-hmm. where she talks about how much she hates little girls. Mm-hmm. And this is my Always been my favourite Annie song because it's the only song where you can see that a character is feeling anything. Yeah. Because, and her feelings are drunk. Yeah. It's a really, it's an engaging number too because she's like staggering around her little apartment and is like singing about how much she hates little girls and like opening the wardrobe and there's like three of them in there making faces at her. And like, it's a, it's a funny song. Yeah, three little girls in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah, Miss Hannigan is, is quite funny. Yes. And it's it's one of, it's the most engaging number in yeah. the movie. It's a shame, and I genuinely think she's the best actress in the movie. The best act, like, yeah, she's yeah. just good. She's just good. And it's a shame, really, because she is a very evil villain, and you shouldn't be rooting for a character whose whole deal is that she drinks to forget that she hates children. <laughs> and yet... And yet... And yet, we've done it again, folks. At least I have. Hannah's Hannigan's my favourite character. Yeah, I mean... She is, though. She's the most engaging one to look at. Yeah. She's interesting. Mm-hmm. She has quarantine fashion down pat. She's always wearing, like, shitty pyjamas and, like, a silky uh, <laughs> dressing gown. Her hair's a huge mess. She's got, like fake eyelashes dripping from her face and she's just bathing in gin. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we should do a gin top-up in a minute. Yeah, we should. <laughs> she's played by Carol Burnett, whom um, I'm given to understand from my mother, was quite a well-known comedian in the 80s when this was, was made. I don't really know her work myself, but she certainly does a great job in this movie. Yeah, she's just, she's, she's, she's fun, and she's not like, she's a villain, but she's not the main one, I get, well, she's the main one, but she's not the most evil, basically, I'm gearing up to say that her brother comes in 
Tim Curry. Tim Curry <laughs> and his girlfriend, Bernadette Peters. <laughs> Hilarious characters. He's called Rooster and she's called Lily St. James. I think so. Yeah. And she's like some like ditzy, like blonde bobbed New Yorker who just I, I, I want to do the accent but I'm not going to do it well. <laughs> Uh, and Roosters is this like skeezy con man. Yeah. Whose uh, catchphrase is. Ooh, 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 ooh. I was trying to do a rooster sound, but I think I sounded like a monkey. You did. <laughs> All three of them are sort of chorus of villains, are pretty good. And these are the only actors that I recognize from yeah. this movie. <laughs> and in this, in this part of the movie, nothing's happening. It's like the movie's just floating the idea that these two extra characters exist. <laughs> I don't even know what they're doing. Like, Miss Hannigan's drunk in her office, and Rooster comes around and is like, Hey, sister. Oh, then He's asking to borrow some money. And, and she, then... Yeah, she's like, No, get out, you louse. And Lily's stolen some money while she's telling Rooster to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So just... It's like, hey, just so you know, there's more villains. Yeah. Because there was one, there's actually three villains... And then they they vanish into the ether, and we don't see them again for quite some time. Yeah. Unfortunately. And then I really don't know what happens. Oh, they try to adopt Annie. Yes. Um, but not before Daddy Warbucks and Linda. Is that what we're calling her? That's what we're calling her. I guarantee that's not what <laughs> she's called. But she's so goddamn nondescript, you guys, even though she probably has most of the singing lines in this entire musical. Yeah. Um, Linda tries to convince Daddy Warbucks to adopt Annie. And he's basically like, well, since you're hot, I guess I'll do that. Let's just reiterate here, Linda is his secretary or PA or something? She's like the head of the house, I think. Like a... So maybe secretary? I don't know what the position would actually be called. Yeah. They're not dating. Yeah. But they are fucking. But, yeah. Um. If, if this was Downton Abbey, she'd be the footman. Like, she's sort of the boss of all the staff. Yeah. And, and basically, there's a scene here where she says, Can we keep her daddy, Warbucks? Can we? Can we keep this orphan, please? And he's like, no. And then she's like, but please? And he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a very annoying song, the only lyrics of which are We Got Annie, which definitely sounds like they've stolen her. Da, 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 we got Annie. Da, 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 we got Annie. And she goes around saying we've got Annie, and then someone else in this house will be like, we've got Annie? To everyone in the household. We have to see everyone we've already met in the other song. Yeah. We think we're going to like it. So it's like, yeah, the gardeners, the butler, um, the driver. We have to go to all of the maids. Uh, there's a piano break. There's a tap break. Multiple tap there's breaks. multiple tap breaks and another racist interlude in this song. Yeah. Where... One, the already mentioned um, other member of staff in the house, and then there's a driver. Yeah, let's call him Dave. We'll call him Dave. Um, He's not actually given a name in the movie. But I fear that he's given a bad name in the credits. I can just sense it. Yeah. Uh, He's 
Asian and like East Asian and every time he does like a dance move or something like symbols play it's bad yeah. it's like like we're talking Lady in the Tramp Siamese cat song bad oh yeah um, 100% and the racist interlude with Dave and Mark and Linda yeah Wow, this is the first time I've ever described a scene in Cursed or Blurs and got zero of the names correct. <laughs> I have no idea what any of these people are called. I cannot stress that. We enough. know Mark's name. We know Mark's name and we choose to respect Mark and not name him that name. Yes. It goes on for quite some time and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. It's like if you were watching Cats and the Bust of a Drone song lasted for 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, so they, they reveal to Annie that they got her, (laughs) that they want to adopt her, and Annie's like, oh, gee, mister, I would love to stay here and all, but my real family are out there, and they're looking for me, I just know it. And she pulls out, did you like my accent? It was great. Did I sound like a New York urchin? You... Leaping lizards, mister. Mister, uh, my parents are out there. You sound like like you got lost in Texas halfway through that sentence. Okay. (laughs) So I just need to get into my attic. You wandered sharply south. I'll come out tomorrow. Okay, mister. (laughs) Hey, mister. I can't stay with you. I can't stay with you. I got my family out there. And they're looking for me. I just know it. Look, I have this locket, and it says, we're going to come for you, Annie. So I think we need to find my real parents, because I can't stay with you, Daddy Warbucks. How did I do that time? I think it's really important for our viewers to know how English people feel when Dick Van Dyke talks and Mary Poppins, <laughs> and I think you've given them that today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm from Brooklyn. I need to get a coffee from the coffee shop. And I go to Central Park and take a wand around Central Park. And I'm uh, going to go over the Brooklyn Bridge and eat a pizza. <laughs> I think you are Brooklyn's Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on the mean streets of Hell's Kitchen. And I, uh... The crispness of the tea in kitchen just gets me. My favorite food is donuts. I also am partial to cronuts. <laughs> and I can't stay with you, mister. Sorry. Um, is what Annie says. She goes, this is a really, like, it's long really line. It's a speech. <laughs> it's uh... not very heartfelt either. I don't even think cronuts were invented <laughs> until, like... In time, basically a century after the Great Depression, right? Right. I'm sure. I know nothing of the history of the cronut. Um, it's because we're living through the history of the cronut. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Daddy Warbucks then vows 
to help Annie find her parents and like puts out a reward basically they go on the radio they sing you're never fully dressed without a smile it's completely insufferable and everyone dresses up fancy to go on the radio they go they okay listen they dress up fancy to go on the radio every the singers who are on the radio are dressed up really nice um they have a character who's they have a ventriloquist and she has a puppet and she sings through the puppet on the radio on the radio and she has a puppet with her. You don't need that. Why no is... one can see the puppet. No one can hear ventriloquism over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> she could just be talking into the directly into the mic in two different voices. She doesn't need to throw the voice anywhere. <laughs> she, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 and it lasts forever because not only do we see this song get sung. In the radio studio, we also see the children in the orphanage listen to the song and sing it themselves. It's... But brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile. It's insufferable. Everything... Who cares what you're wearing <laughs> from Main Street to Savile Row? I, I it's can't... what you wear from ear to ear, and not from head to toe. I don't know. That matters. <laughs> Your clothes may be Beau Bromley. <laughs> they stand out of my, but brother, you're never fully dressed. This movie's fully blessed. <laughs> you never fully dressed without a smile. Sorry, Shannon, I interrupted you there. What were you saying? I have no idea. <laughs> I I like the line, your clothes may be Bro Bromley. I don't think I knew any of the lines from that song other than you're never fully dressed without a smile. May I remind you that I was in this musical as a yeah. child. Every song in this musical is very saccharine like that. Like it, it's just kind of tooth rotting <laughs> and there doesn't seem to be any like substantive weight to any of it. Which is such a shame for a movie which is about orphans during the Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's just everything is so unbelievably cutesy that it has no meaning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, golly gee, mister, I'm so very glad. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. <laughs> because it's so cutesy and relentlessly upbeat in a way that feels oppressive. Um... <laughs> It's like, I'm never fully dressed without a smile. Think of the implications of that. <laughs> if I'm just doing a resting neutral face, can people see my boobies? I have a strong resting bitch face. I'm concerned for myself. <laughs> You're not fully dressed. Never. Without a smile. Yeah, I've been smiling through this whole podcast. Because oh. I don't want the listeners out there to think I'm naked. Mm -hmm. I've also been talking through a puppet the whole time. Which yeah. you know. I know. I know you're a skilled ventriloquist. This is a pro-puppet household. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should do, Shannon? We should have a puppet-making competition. That sounds horrifying. We should give each other, a, like, one of this, these weekend days, like, we should give each other eight hours to make the best puppet. Out of and, stuff we have in the house. Yeah. And then ask Instagram to vote... 
on which of us made the best puppet. And secondarily, which one of us is the best ventriloquist? Mm. My puppet is going to be from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do an accent. Okay. Mine's going to be from the version of London that exists in Mary Poppins. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm going to be doing the accent of Dick Van Dyke and Lynn Manuel Miranda in Mary Poppins <laughs> and Mary Poppins Returns. Mine's going to be called Brooklyn Bobby. <laughs> Brooklyn Bobby is a mean old puppet hardened by a life on the job of being a grown-up maker. So they're looking for Annie's parents and they've offered a reward. And to the villains again. (laughs) And then Miss Hannigan's brother and his wife show up to pretend to be Annie's parents and they get all of this like background info from Miss Hannigan. They get Annie's got like a broken locket that she says her parents have the other half. Turns out we find out in this scene Annie's parents are dead. Yeah. Miss Hannigan has the other half of that locket. She gives it to her brother. Mm. Um There's a great song. There's a there's a song. There's Easy Street. Oh yes. The crime song. The crime song, which has the only good singing and dancing in this musical. Yeah. Even though it's objectively quite a bad song. Yeah. Easy street, easy street, easy street. They just say the words easy street over and over again. Like, the the thesis of the song is we're going to do a crime and we will become rich from it. And that's all you learn. (laughs) But you have a fun time learning it. Every song in this musical is more useless than the previous song. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because the next song we have is the most famous song of all time from Annie. In another really crazy scene. Because in this scene, Annie the Orphan meets President Roosevelt. Yeah, FDR. And Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, and they talk briefly about the Great Depression, which is about when I realized this movie was set during the Great Depression, because that's about how much it had to do with the plot up to this point. Yeah, FDR's like, uh, Daddy Warbucks, because even the president calls him Daddy. Um, Daddy Warbucks, we need you to inspire the, the downtrodden in this world, and you and we can use Annie for press, and we need to help them pull themselves to, up by the bootstraps. And stuff. And um, Annie's like, oh, gee, mister, I've got a song that's going to put a smile on everyone's faces. And so this is the major emotional song from <laughs> Annie, the one that people know, like, this is The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. But the thing with this song is the placement in the plot, because we kept saying this throughout the movie up to this point, like, why have they not sang this yet? It's earlier in the stage show, I swear to God, it's, it happens earlier when she's in the alley with the dog. That would make so much more sense because what she does is say like, oh, Mr. President, I have this song that when I was sad, I used to sing to make me feel better. So it's like so removed emotionally from the situation. Yeah. That they all sing it and it's hollow in every way. It's meant to be rousing and it's like, why is Annie in the president's house? Yeah. Otherwise known as the White House. I don't know why I said the President's House. <laughs> the President's Lodge. 
his little private getaway in Washington. Um, yeah, it's nuts. When they return home, though, yeah, Rooster and Lily are there. Um, basically the exact thing that happens in Stuart Little Happens. But maybe more successful. They're, yeah, they actually... Well, in Stuart Little, Stuart's fake parents just show up and are like, We're mice. Stuart is a mouse. We are his parents. And the Littles are like, Seems legit. Have our son now. <laughs> in Annie, they've got a bunch of fake documents from Miss Hannigan. Yeah. And they've got the other half of the locket. Yeah. Um, and have all of these details about Annie as a person mm-hmm. and about what's who they're supposed to be. So, like, they've, they've got a lot more... They've put a lot more into this con. <laughs> they had to put effort in. Um, but they do drive off in a car, and then they, they get, like, to the end of the driveway, and then Miss Hannigan also gets in the car. And then they start cackling in an evil, evil way. Yeah, and Annie tries to get away. Um, eventually, she convinces them that she needs to go to the bathroom, is that what she says? And they're like, fine, we'll stop the car for you to go for a pee. This is fine. And then she gets out of the car, kicks one of them in the shins and, like, runs. And she rips up their check as well. Oh, yeah, the check, uh, the reward money. Yeah, so now everyone's, everything's ruined for them. Rooster is enraged. Meanwhile, the other children at the orphanage have found out what's afoot because they were overhearing evil plans happening through the wind vents. You know, the old wind vents. and <laughs> The old wind tubes in this. As opposed to the water orphanage. vents. As opposed to the water tubes. Or the poo tubes. <laughs> yeah, so they, they go to the Warbucks estate. Instead of the, to the police. Yeah. But fine. And warn them about that these were not Annie's parents. So then, like, they're, the Warbucks household is all out looking for her. And I think they've called in the police at this point. So there's, like, search helicopters. Annie is being chased up a very tall structure. I'm not exactly sure what it was. I think it was a bridge. Yeah. She's, like, climbing a bridge? on the, like... The arch of the bridge, not the path, but like she's, over yeah, top of it. Yeah, going up a very steep ladder. Rooster is following her and intends to kill her. Mm-hmm. He wants to throw her off the bridge and have her dead and have her be dead. Miss Hannigan, even though she is totally down for kidnapping children, she's not up for killing children. So she's been putting up a bit of a fight, but ultimately she gets like she gets knocked out. Yeah, and he, he, he pushes her down the steps. Yeah. Um, Lily's been arrested already. Yeah. Eventually, about at the top of the the arch of the bridge, um, the helicopters catch up. Mark saves Annie, but then Daddy Warbucks gets all the credit, even though he did not get up on that helicopter himself. Yeah, it was Mark. It was Mark. Um, Mark deserves to adopt Annie. Yeah. If he wants. Um... And then we cut immediately to the finale song, which is another tap number sung by uh, Annie and Daddy Warbucks. And uh, it's a big celebration. She seems to have been fully adopted. 
The other orphans have been invited, not sure if they're adopted or just been dressed up for the night, who knows. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't put it past Daddy Warbucks to do that. Yeah. And Miss Hannigan has not been arrested. She was riding around on... I think it's an elephant. I think it's an elephant. I was about to say, was it an elephant? And it's like, surely not, that's too crazy. But it was an elephant. It was. We're both thinking it, so yeah. it must have been. She's not in jail and is taking part in this party... And is riding around in an el- Excuse me? Yeah. She's a kidnapper. She's, well, she did. She's not a murderer, so therefore, she if had the not, opportunity to do a worse crime. If it's not murder, it's okay. <laughs> if it's not murder, we forgive you. <laughs> this movie is infuriating. I hated everything about it. I was incensed through this whole movie. And I think it is the, like, the saccharine tone. Like, it's so sugary. It lacks substance. Yeah. In every way. It's not a functional musical. As you mentioned, the songs don't mean anything. I felt... I didn't feel a single emotion during any of the songs other than... I thought Miss Hannigan's song was funny. Yeah. And that's about it. Well, at that point in the movie, I do also hate the little girl she happens to be mm-hmm. looking after. Yeah. But not, but little girls in general are mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. In fact, rock on. If you're a little girl and you're listening to this show, stop. Stop. <laughs> I've said fuck like five times this episode. And we'll say it again. Yeah, there's really. It... Hey! Hey, parent! Parent! Your little child is listening to our show. Get, get them listening to something. Get them watching Peppa Pig instead. Stop this. Stop this. I know that you've just given them the laptop to pass the time away. That's fine. But they shouldn't be listening to Cursed or Blessed. This is, this is an adults only sort of situation. They also shouldn't watch Annie. Yeah, definitely not. Hey, little girl. Listen, listen, listen. listen. It may seem like you have all the time in the world right now. And it may seem like Annie might be a good role model, but you're worth so much more than Annie. Absolutely. Watch Tangled. Yeah, watch Tangled. Live your best life. Yeah. Watch The Matrix. I've not watched that yet, but I've heard it's good. Yeah. We might watch that later this week. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we should do that. You know, watch... Uh, Watch Frozen, that's a decent film. Watch Frozen, you could watch Shawshank Redemption. You could watch Gladiator. Yeah, you could watch 300. <laughs> Don't watch 302, that's not very good. No. Yeah, you could... So much you can do. You can watch the documentary Blackfish. Mm-hmm. You can watch Tiger King, just don't listen to Castle Bluss and don't watch Annie. Yeah. When you're older, you can listen to Cursed or Blessed. But well, should you? We'll see. Know. We'll see you again in in five years. Check in. Bookmark this. Bookmark this. And we'll but, wait. But for now, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, did you think Annie was cursed, blessed, or blessed? Annie was cursed. I was incensed <laughs> through the entire thing. It's cursed. What did you think? Yeah, it fully drained my life force. <laughs> and I knew what I was expecting because I was in Annie. And yet it enraged me. Uh, it 
it brought me to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to drink as much as I usually would in this in this quarantine, just just to keep that sweet old immune system going. Mm-hmm. Um, but Annie ruined that, yep. and I've been drinking every day since I saw it. Yeah, I've been just sipping on that gin. I've been bathing in the gin, just like Miss Hannigan. And you can see her point. I hated this movie. Do you have a favorite song? Yeah, I think maybe Little Girls. Yeah, is my favorite one. It was the most engaged I was. I actually didn't mind Hard Knock Life. I mean, the voices are a lot, and it's like in my head now, so that's very annoying. But there was some very cool dancing in it, and like gymnastics and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's one of the few songs from this movie that I can imagine actually being in a musical. And so serving a function. Yeah. Um, we learned things about characters and plot and setting. It's catchy. Yeah. Too catchy. A little bit too catchy. It's an earworm. But it's not a bad song. Yeah. I think my favorite song probably is also Little Girls. Maybe Easy Street because it's just fun to watch people who can actually sing and perform singing and performing. Yeah. Mm, least favorite song that's a really difficult one because there's all sorts of stupid songs out there. But I think for me it has to be Let's Go to the Movies. My least favorite one is the We Got Annie one. Because <laughs> it only has those lyrics in it and I hate that. We've not even mentioned some other songs that happen. We're only sampling. Yeah. There's also one about naming a dog. Yeah. Dumb dog. What do we name this dumb dog? I think we should call it Buster. I think we should call it Mark. We should call it Coffee. Because I like drinking coffee. And it goes forever. Yeah. I don't understand how there can be so much musical and so little plot. Yeah. Like, the songs are really just filler. And they're not... I don't mind a good song that doesn't do a whole lot. Like, Grease Lightning doesn't do a ton. for no. But, like, you learn about character. It's really fun and high energy. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and like, it moves you from one scene to the next. It moves you to, like, the Thunder Road bit where they all do a street race. Yeah. Like, it serves a function in the story, even though it doesn't do... A ton of work. Whereas every song that happened in Annie felt like it was chipping away personally at a part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Like degrading my quality of life somehow. <laughs> and it's a quarantine. My life is already pretty fucking degraded. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel... I, I didn't realize I could feel even more like I was actively wasting time until the third hour of Let's Go to the Movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it put me off people for a bit I found it, I've been finding it very easy to socially distance since watching <laughs> Annie because I keep on seeing people on our daily walk and being like they could start bursting into tap at any moment and yeah. I don't have the time no here we, we go here's how to here's how to effectively social distance walk around as though engaging with someone means that you might get dragged into a song from Annie yeah, you might have to tap dance and say, we got Annie. Yeah. Keep away. You can avoid this. Yeah. You can avoid that situation. Stay safe, stay, stay healthy. Stay safe, stay sane. Stay away from Annie. 
Ah, oh, I'm so relieved that we have, we've we've talked about it. We don't have to ever talk about this movie again. I'm so happy. Ah, oh, yeah. God, I feel a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. I don't even know what we're watching next week. I just, I'm just relieved. We're back to Disney, aren't we? Uh, yes, indeed, we are. Actually, yes, we are. Which one? I cannot remember. We're doing a very special episode next week. Are we now? Ah, uh, yes. For... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next week we're doing something fun. It's going to be a special super edition snazzy lazzy uh, um, double danger double dip and dare. Uh, we're, we're doing a new sort of special edition um, to talk about movies that are, are objectively of high quality um, share similarities, they might have to be similar in some way. But we're not pitting them against each other, but we're opening them up to comparison. They're duking it out! Only <laughs> one will survive! The other movie has to be cancelled, you can <laughs> never watch it again. Yeah. We're um, gonna launch a Twitter campaign against the movie that loses. Yeah. Uh, so next week we're gonna do our first of these because we want to feel joy again. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna watch Tangled and we're gonna watch Frozen. Yeah, we are! Uh, and then we're going to, to Which discuss. Which one will reign supreme? <laughs> Maybe we'll put up an Instagram poll, see what people think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, something to think about before we even watch it. Who's going to win in the fight? Mm-hmm. Rapunzel or Elsa? Yeah. On the one hand, Rapunzel already has combat skills and also crazy long hair. With she can, healing powers. She can swing, she's got healing powers, she can she can strangle you. Mm-hmm. Elsa can create castles and she can create life. <laughs> she can freeze you to death with her mind. She creates life and she takes it away. <laughs> she's the strongest Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Which will win! <laughs> so, tune in next week for that. And, and, yeah, thanks for listening. Please, please don't watch Annie. Yeah, don't. This is not one of those cursed movies where I think you should also watch it because it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people could watch The Cat in the Hat because The Cat in the Hat, I think, is a very funny movie to experience watching. Yeah, and I think... It's very much worth it to um, play a drinking game and watch Cats. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend watching The NeverEnding Story or Return to Oz. No. Because of varying levels of disturbing and incredibly boring. Yeah. Yeah, they're both super boring. Annie, I'm telling you not to watch this for one very specific reason. It will cause you pain. Yep. In your ears, in your hearts. In your minds. You'll be different after seeing Annie and not in a good way. And not in a fun cat's way. This is damaging. Yeah. Heed our advice. Do something better with your time. We Ever, ever since I've watched Annie, it's been a hard knock life for me. Uh, definitely for me as well. Yeah. But I guess it'll get better after a while. Yeah. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking about tomorrow clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow. I wish I didn't know the lyrics, but I do. Till there's none.
When you're stuck with a day that's grey and lonely, I just stick up my chin and grin and say, Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Like and subscribe.